Welcome to the Truth Hurts Program. I'm Steve Z. Let's get right to it. Good morning, everybody. Welcome back to the Truth Hurts Program. It is the 11th day of May 2021. Happy birthday to Dan. Hadn't uh, talked to you in a while. I understand that you're uh, an old man now. Well, sorry to hear that. I'm much, much older. Anyhow, let's get right to it today. I have some wisdom from a AA 13% hyphenated minority church that I want to share with you this morning. It is profound. It is most likely to upset the females in your life until the very end. So please listen to this. It is not only true, it is inspiring and should scare the hell out of all the males in the room. Now, don't say I didn't warn you guys. A female is designed by God to receive. And whenever she receives, she incubates, multiplies it, and gives it back to the male. She was built to do that. So whenever you give a woman, she'll receive it, multiply it, and give it back to you. Whatever you give a woman, are you listening, brothers? She'll never give you back what you gave her. She'll multiply it first. She's designed that way. If you give a woman a sperm, you'll never get a sperm back. She'll multiply it, give you a baby. If you give her a house, she'll multiply it, give you a home. If you give her groceries, she'll give you a meal. If you give her frustration, she'll multiply it. Fact. Absolutely. Yes. So, brothers, if you don't like what you are getting, change what you're giving. Preach, brother. Preach. That is absolute truth. Whatever you give a woman, she will take it. She will multiply it. She will incubate it. And she will give you back what you give her. So please, fellas, remember, if you're giving her a load of crap, you're going to get a multiplied load of crap in return. This is the Truth Hurts Program. We'll be right back. You are listening to the Truth Hurts Program with Steve Z. Howdy, Mr. Wheeler. What are you doing? Why, Timmy, I'm closing up my wagon wheel business. But why, Mr. Wheeler? Well, Timmy, because they came out with this newfangled contraption called the automobile. And they don't use no wagon wheels. They use some newfangled thing called a rim and a tire. So there ain't much use around here for no wagon wheel shop. But, Mr. Wheeler, those tires will have to fit on some kind of rim or wheel, don't they? Why are you just giving up? Couldn't you just adapt and start making wheels for those newfangled tire thingies? Wow, Timmy, that's a great idea. Just like when Mr. Watt across the road switched over from making oil-fired lamps when the whale blubber ran out. Boy, Timmy, you sure are one smart kid. Thanks, Mr. Wheeler. Good luck with your new rim and tire business. That's the way America worked. When wagon wheels went away in favor of cars, people adapted, or they fell by the wayside. That's exactly what gropey Joe Biden thinks is going to instantaneously happen overnight to the hundreds of thousands of oil and gas workers, to the tens of thousands of coal miners, to the hundreds of thousands of people making gasoline and diesel-powered engines, We're supposed to wave a magic wand, snap a finger, and instantaneously in this highly technological world, instantly turn all of those people into solar panel installers, or electronics wizards, or battery manufacturers. It doesn't necessarily work that way, Gropey Joe. 
Yes, it might have worked that way back when you were a boy in Scranton, Pennsylvania, back in the days of wagon wheels, when you began in the Senate 128 years ago. Hey, those are your words, Gropey Joe, not mine. You're the one who said you were in the Senate 120 plus years ago. Didn't come from my mouth. Yet the media gives Gropey Joe Biden a pass on every one of his screw-ups, his gaffes, and his outright lies to the American people. With the nation turning reluctantly due to wacky lies about man-caused global warming, which, as we all know, came out of the prior lies of the global ice age to come, and now it's been changed to a neutral lie called climate change, Americans are edging closer and closer each month to seeing what the Canadian rock band Rush referred to as the motor law. With an apparent target end to gasoline and diesel-powered vehicles coming sooner rather than later in America, the Alexandria Horseface Cortezes of the world, the Biden asshats, are on an all-in-all media blitz to guilt automakers into going all-electric and abandon the very heavily regulated, abundantly supplied fossil fuel industry in our country. This, of course, will put tens of millions of Americans out of work because they will either lose direct jobs in the oil and gas production and distribution, and this, of course, will put tens of millions of Americans out of work in ancillary jobs. Doesn't phase the Biden administration, however, one little bit. Gropey Joe says whatever his handlers tell him to say. Gropey Joe does whatever his handlers tell him to do. And Gropey Joe even thinks what his handlers tell him to think. One day in the near future, little Timmy will be asking a gasoline station owner why he is closing down his shop. But by then, no one will give a damn anymore because the media is telling you to not give a damn about oil and natural gas jobs, about coal jobs, about nuclear power jobs. The media wants you to believe that the only way you will be able to listen to the Truth Hurts program in the future is if you have a wind turbine in your backyard and a roof full of solar panels. They want to shut down oil, natural gas, coal, and fossil fuel generating stations so that they can have a greater control over your lives and they can raise prices and therefore taxes in the process. Today's big question is, just how vulnerable do you think the United States of America is? And I'm not just talking about vulnerable to an attack by Russia or China, and you know that's on those two nations' minds, as the feeble, weak-minded leader of our nation continues to show our hand, show our weaknesses. Just how vulnerable is the U.S. of A.? How completely fragile is our nation's economy? How weak is our leadership? How close to a major collapse in our complete financial arena are we? How far away is a total shutdown of our economy? How many cyber attacks or chemical releases or viral outbreaks will it take to completely destroy the USA as we know it? What is it going to take to wake people up? The answer might scare the living crap out of most common sense thinkers. That one question, how close to a major collapse in our complete financial industry are we? Well, we're just one computer cyber attack away. How many other cyber attacks will shut down major gasoline pipelines, forcing supply to a halt and forcing prices through the roof? 
Have you looked at the price of a sheet of plywood lately? Think about how easy it would be for a foreign nation, some bad actors, or even the Democrats in our own country to decide, hey, we need some kind of way to divert the American people's attention away from conservative values and thinking. We need the American people to think that we are in control. So they create, manufacture, produce another crisis. Could this all just be a test? The cyber attack shutting down that pipeline, which will cause massive supply interruptions and price increases from Mississippi to Washington, D.C.? Could this just be a test? If whomever performed that cyber attack on one series of pipelines, did it nationwide, a complete fire sale, a complete shutdown, how long would it take for the panic to ensue? For those long, miles-long lines at the gasoline stations that America went under in the 1970s, where you had to wake up at 3 in the morning to go sit in line at a gasoline station for your five-gallon ration of gasoline. A fake energy crisis brought on by Democrat Jimmy Carter. How long before we have another dairy crisis with people like AOC launching an all-out war against cows and then milk and cheese and other milk-based products become either very, very scarce or very, very expensive or, of course, both. We've already seen the massive increase in the price of lumber, and yet we have more trees in the United States of America now than we did when this country was first founded. Fact check. True. You think I'm lying? You think I'm full of crap? Check with the United States Arbor Day Foundation. They'll tell you the truth. There are actually more trees in America in 2021 than there were in 1776. Don't ask me how. It's just like when someone asked me the other day, if man came to this country today for the very first time, to this world, to this planet, just arrived here, where would you find corn? The answer is you would not find corn. Corn was basically a grassy product. And over years, decades, and centuries, corn was modified, cultivated, hybridized into what you enjoy today at your barbecue. There was no corn 5,000 years ago. Fact checked. True. Anyway, I digress. Our nation was churning along, massively productive, record low unemployment, record high job participation rates, energy independence. Not a single armed conflict started with another nation under the prior president. We were a net exporter of energy, oil, coal, natural gas. We made major strides in reducing pollution over the last 30 years, not just under the last president. Our nation saw major accomplishments in the development of electric-powered vehicles, solar, wind projects, all beginning to emerge in a nation who understood, realized, accepted, and appreciated that those alternative energy sources could be a part of a nation's economy, not control it. Under that previous administration, we were doing just fine. Well, actually, we were doing really, really well, doing good things. But of course, that was the problem. Because the Republican name brand was attached to each of those successes, it made the Democrat name brand look bad, look weak, 
look anemic, look unsuccessful. So the Democrat name brand, instead of embracing the success and partnering with it, decided to demonize it, to vilify it, to castigate it, and to insult it at every turn. They rebranded that Republican name brand and their leader as evil, racist, homophobic, misogynistic, white supremacist, and every other negative term they could manufacture. Instead of working with the successes of America under the prior administration, the Democrat brand name made it their mission to castigate Republicans along with them, any white person who wasn't so-called woke, any white person who so-called didn't embrace the reparations movement, the defund the police movement, or put double-A minorities on an untouchable pedestal. Since gropey Joe Biden and Camel Toe Harris took office in league with their friends Chuckles the Clown Schumer in the Senate and nasty Nazi Pelosi in the House of Representatives five months ago, our nation has seen a complete reversal from being the successful, forward-moving country and turned it into a backwards-ass third-world country. Oh, am I exaggerating? You don't believe me? Let's take a closer look, shall we? Under the leadership of the previous administration, our nation started zero new armed conflicts on the world stage and enjoyed peace with Russia, with China, with North Korea, with Iran, with Iraq, and yes, with Afghanistan. Today, however, under Gropey Joe and Camel Toe, we have China knocking on every door in the Pacific Ocean, trying to acquire new military strategic lands, islands, and a mass air force bases, naval bases, and forward operating bases. Very close to our borders. Russia has managed to hack into every computer in the nation and do untold damages. North Korea is now back to building very threatening nuclear destruction devices. ISIS and the Taliban, who haven't been heard of since Donald Trump took office, are all now back in business. And apparently business is a-booming as they prepare to walk right back into Afghanistan the very day after Biden pulls the U.S. security forces out. Opening the door, of course, for destruction of Israel in the process. Iran and Iraq are back to their terroristic ways, building their nuclear arsenals. And at our southern border, instead of reducing illegal invading immigrants, Biden has rolled out the red carpet, the welcome mat, and he's allowing terrorists, human traffickers, drug cartels, crime, disease, and God knows what else to simply walk across the border and invade America with zero resistance, and even worse, a care package for every one of them, and a promise that we'll make you citizens as soon as all of the racist Republicans are out of office. In fact, every single advancement made under the prior administration was simply flushed down the crapper with the stroke of a pen by the feeble-fingered, flaky old fart known as the rarely-seen, teleprompter-reading, cue-card-carrying puppet, our silver alert president, the sleepy, creepy, touchy-feely, mumbling, stumbling, crumbling, fumbling, bumbling, grumbling, jumbling, tumbling, muttering, shuddering, fluttering, stuttering, mopey, dopey, little girl, gropey, Beijing, barisma, Joe Biden. Here's a look at some of Joe Biden's so-called accomplishments since becoming your president. Under his watch, we've seen cyber attacks just this week 
that managed to cripple transportation by shutting down a major petroleum pipeline network. This move is likely to excite the Groper-in-Chief, though, because it will cause gasoline prices to raise by as much as $1.50 in one week's time. And with federal gasoline taxes tied directly to the price of gasoline, he will see some money slipping into the federal coffers to pay for his massive lie called an infrastructure and jobs plan. It's just another tax and spend scheme. And I wouldn't be surprised at all to find out that Democrats are behind the so-called hack. ISIS and the Taliban are massing on the outskirts of Afghanistan, ready to pounce, walk in, and murder tens of thousands of Afghani citizens who supported the American security forces during the past decade or so. They're waiting, watching, hoping for the opportunity to take over a nation for which the Americans have invested billions of dollars, and they'll just walk right on in and take all of those new schools, all of those new public buildings, all of those new hospitals, and make them their own. And under the gropey Joe Biden administration, our nation is no closer to fixing the Wuhan China novel coronavirus mess than it was under Donald Trump. Case in point, it was on Donald Trump's watch that the international China virus was discovered and spread throughout the world. The world, not just the U.S. It was under Trump's watch that the virus was isolated, the vaccine research was developed, in record time, by the way, and it was under Trump's watch that Operation Warp Speed, the White House Coronavirus Task Force, and the Presidential Production Act provided massive amounts of personal protective equipment, ventilators, respirators, masks, sanitizers, and the initial rollout and distribution program of the vaccines. Now keep in mind, all of this was accomplished while Donald Trump was dealing with not one, but two fake sham impeachment attempts, of which he was acquitted twice. He was also dealing with a media that was hell-bent on destroying him, his work, and his legacy. Since Gropey Joe took office, he has managed to only latch onto the coattails of the Donald Trump accomplishments and actually complete Trump's mission, Trump's goals, Trump's actual plans to vaccinate the nation. And in the process, Gropey Joe Biden has managed to screw up so many things along the way that it's not even funny, even though the rest of the world is laughing at him. And his willing accomplices and the mainstream so-called news media have put their spin on the failures of Biden, attempting to shift blame to Trump. The people in power around the world are smelling the blood in the water. They're now circling this diseased, sickly old man and the USA for which he represents. And they're all just looking for an opportunity to pounce. Under Biden, gasoline and diesel prices have soared. Under Biden, the illegal immigrant invasion has expanded exponentially. Under Biden, our ability to defend ourselves as a nation militarily have been dramatically weakened. Under Biden, race relations are at their worst place in history, and that includes when slavery was legal. Under Biden, police are demonized, vilified, castigated, and prosecuted for doing their jobs. Under Biden, unemployment is out of control. Under Biden, the jobs market is bleak, especially if you're in the oil and gas, or the construction, or the coal mining industry, or if you manufacture gasoline or diesel engines. Unemployment is out of control. The job market is bleak. And what does Gropey Joe do about it? 
He continues to push for more government handouts so that people will not have a desire to go back to work at actual jobs. He continues to call for shutdowns and shut-ins and school lockouts. Joe Biden has single-handedly created a massive dependent class beyond what FDR could have possibly dreamed of. He's proposed massive tax increases, not little tax hikes, mind you, but exorbitant tax increases that will kill any chance for a meaningful economic recovery. Joe Biden has killed the oil and gas industry, the coal industry, the nuclear power industry. He has severely weakened the military, demonized and defunded the police. He has all but wiped out freedom of speech for most conservatives. And of course, he has put the AA 13% hyphenated minority on a pedestal. He's managed to stifle the press. Hell, they don't even follow his gaffes at all. There is no fact-checking of the constant barrage of Joe Biden lies. And of course, no media is allowed at the disaster crisis at our southern border. He's made a joke of his presidency and is now the least transparent in over a century. He has managed to kill education. He's promoted violence and insurrection against law and law enforcement. He's managed to destroy the American dream for millions of American citizens while opening our southern gates for millions of non-citizen invaders to simply walk in and take, take, take from you, the taxpayer. All for one purpose and one end, the hope of more Democratic votes in the next election. We are literally one stroke of the presidential pen away from total destruction of our American way of life and the abolishment of the first 10 amendments to our United States Constitution. Freedom of speech will fall first, along with freedom of the press. Freedom to protect oneself with the right to keep and bear arms, a close second. Sooner or later, they will take away the Fifth Amendment and the Fourth Amendment, your right to have your own home as a secure place, and your right to keep from incriminating yourself. They're all on the chopping block, folks, and the Democrats are there, with a hood over their head, two masks on their faces, and a very, very sharp blade on the end of a very long pole. And of course, they will exempt themselves from the new laws, just as they have exempted themselves from existing laws. That's the truth, my friends, and sometimes the truth hurts. If you are looking for biased liberal progressive wokeness, you have come to the wrong place. This is the Truth Hurts program with Steve Z. Look for an all-in-all-out war today in the United States Senate, the Tide Senate. Senators are set for a high-stakes battle over one of the Democrats' biggest priorities that could have repercussions not only for the 2022 midterm elections, but for the very Senate control itself. The Senate Rules Committee will meet today to debate and vote on sweeping elections bill that progressives view as crucial to the future of democracy and Republicans see as a federal takeover of the election process. The bill comes as GOP-led states around the country are proposing and enacting laws to rein in ballot box access, fueling pressure for Democrats to use their razor-thin congressional majorities to step in. Underscoring how important it is to the Democrat Party, they reserve their first legislative slot, Senate Bill 1 and House of Representatives Bill 1, known as the, quote, For the People Act, unquote. Senate Majority Leader Chuckles the Clown Schumer 
and Minority Leader Mitch McConnell are expected to take part in Tuesday's committee meeting using their potential headline-grabbing prowess to what is expected to be a contentious hours-long hearing divided sharply along party lines. Though they are both members of the panel and former chairman, they rarely attend those committee hearings. You can bet your sweet butt they'll be there today. Republicans have filed roughly 150 amendments to the bill as they pull out all the stops to weaken or sink it. Here's the deal. McConnell is planning to offer amendments that will focus their efforts on parts of the bill they believe make elections less fair and less secure, including amendments that will strike provisions that weaken voter ID laws. Vowing to fight the bill every step of the way, Amendments filed by Senator Bill Haggerty of Tennessee would strike a provision on same-day registration at polling locations, change the language of supportive D.C. statehood to language opposing it, and try to delay implementation of the entire bill until 2027. Well, here's my take, folks. I could go on and on and on. The bill is very, very partisan-biased on both sides. It should be common sense. In America, in order to vote, you should be registered to vote. And in order to register to vote, you should have an approved form of identification. Like the same proven form of identification you must use to get social security, welfare, food stamps, aid for dependent children, supplemental security income, Section 8 housing, a job, any kind of medical treatment. ID is common sense you should have to present ID to vote. And to allow someone to just same day register to vote without an ID means that busloads of people could simply be bused to this polling place. Okay, everybody sign up here. Go ahead, tell them your name, Letitia Jackson. And the next time we stop, you're gonna be Letitia Johnson. And the next time you're gonna be Letitia Kennedy. And the next time you're gonna be Letitia Washington. And the next time, in other words, just go poll hopping like the old doctor shopping of the 1990s and early 2000s, where people would go to one doctor's office to get opioids, then go right across the street to another doctor's office, and another, and another, and another. There needs to be control of who is putting the most powerful people and the most controlling laws on the books. There needs to be a way of making damn sure that you only get to vote one time and that you are legal to do so. Senator Roy Blunt, Republican from Missouri, is on the panel, and he will use his opening remarks to paint the Democrat measure as a one-size-fits-all approach being dictated by Washington that will cause chaos on Election Day and erode trust in our election system. He said it's a bad bill full of bad policies that will create problems, not solutions. He says we should be focused on making it easier to vote and harder to cheat. Regrettably, he says, the bill before us makes it easier to cheat and harder to detect. And truer words were never spoken, Senator Blunt. It's unbelievable, folks, what these Democrats will do to erode the voting process and allow rampant cheating to occur. Perhaps that is the only way they can continue to be elected. That and partisan gerrymandering. And finally today, you know how much I dislike the royals and all of that stuff going on over in England. Remember, we broke away from England for a reason. 
Britons will have to show ID to vote in future general elections. Ministers are poised to confirm this week as a means of tackling fraud, which critics claim could deter poorer and ethnic minority voters from actually taking part in Britain's democracy. The proposal is to be included in today's speech given by the Queen of England, which will set out the government's post-pandemic priorities and the laws it intends to pass in the forthcoming parliamentary session. Dozens of announcements are unlikely to include details of long-awaited reforms for funding for adult social care and a 2019 Conservative Manifesto promise which has been parked pending cross-party discussions. There will be a requirement that all voters have photo ID. Pretty common sense. But critics say a quarter of voters, often younger voters, do not even have a passport or a driving license. The British government had previously said people would be able to apply for a voter ID card at a local council, but it would have to be done before voting day. Makes sense. Keeps people from hurrying up, applying at one place and voting, then running across town, applying again and voting. Because no one's checking to see if anyone is doing that illegal activity. And that's what needs to happen in the United States. So take a hint. My, how time flies when you are having fun. That's going to wrap up this morning's edition of the Truth Hurts program. Go out there and make it a great day, everybody. Thank you for listening to the Truth Hurts program. Opinions expressed are protected free speech under the First Amendment to the U.S. Constitution. We apologize if you are offended, but we retract nothing. Background music by Jason Shaw and Audionautics. Copyright 2021, the Truth Hurts Program Network. All rights reserved.